Hello, and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. My name is Mike Bird. And I'm Lisa Pekosek. And today we're going to talk about how to get a job through networking. Lisa, let's just unpack this for a moment. Why this topic? This topic comes up with pretty much anybody who's ever done a job search before. Um, People tell you that you need to network in order to get a job. Um, A lot of the time, there's a lot of misconceptions about what networking actually is. And so just digging into it and really understanding how it can help you is very important as people are starting their job search. Totally. I remember hearing early on in my in my 20s that the idea that 85% of jobs are acquired through networking. I don't know where that number comes from exactly. I can't really justify it. Um, but what I can say from my personal experience is every job that I've, I've had since I left university um, has come through some form of networking. So it's been a hugely important part of my career. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people think, um, you know, I, I can't network or networking is for other people, but anybody can do it. Anybody can do it in their daily life or, or in various forms. So I'm really excited to talk more about that too. So why do you think networking is so important in terms of being able to acquire a job versus the old send out a thousand resumes and see what happens search method? Um, I think that the biggest piece there is around the humanity side of things. Um, when, when somebody gets a resume or a cover letter, unless your cover letter is very uh, vulnerable and very authentic, a lot of the time it just comes off as I did this, I do this, blah, blah, blah. So somebody gets a bunch of resumes on their desk and they're, they're looking through them and, and they, a lot of them look similar. So having that personal component of, you know, I've, met this person and I know what they're looking for and I know their type of personality, it goes back to what we were talking about last week in in terms of the connection. So I think that that's one of the major points. Absolutely. Yeah. Like the, the element of trust that you can build with the person who's looking to hire. Do you have some sort of first level connection with that company or that employer? Do you have a second degree uh, connection? Someone who has maybe done some work with them in the past and can say, Hey, like this is a person you can trust at the end of the day, they might be a pretty good fit for you. They're worth a conversation. Um, in, in my own experience, like I said earlier in getting jobs, uh, through basically my network everywhere I've been, uh, since I left university, there's been someone there that I knew uh, from some sort of previous experience or some some sort of encounter, mm-hmm. either it was uh, some kind of volunteer activity that I did that put me in touch with with someone, or it was just through, you know, friendship. And I, it's not like you know right away when you meet someone that it's going to lead to this kind of opportunity, but it's something that you end up sort of reaping a dividend from down the line. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I mean, if you had to explain this to someone who is just starting out in their career and they're trying to find a job and they want to apply networking principles to their job search, what would you tell them? I think that there's two components. I think that there's the very blatant external networking. And I think that there's a little bit more subtle kind of day-to-day networking that you can do. Um, In terms of the, the blatant networking, it tends to involve events that you can go to, um, reaching out to people specifically, really making a concerted effort. Whereas 
the more subtle networking is really just having conversations with people in the day to day. So you might be at the hairdresser and you might say, oh yeah, I'm thinking about a career change. I'm thinking about doing this. And all of a sudden that person says, oh, I actually know somebody who's in that field. Would you want me to connect you? And all of a sudden you've made a, a networking connection that you didn't necessarily expect. Mm-hmm. So there's two components to that. So it's not, a lot of people hear the word networking and they get really intimidated by that, that word and what the images that, that come to mind. The way you put it, it sounds pretty effortless. Yeah, it can be effortless and it can be, you can put a lot of effort into it. It's really where you're at in the process. I think that you can start networking before you're ready to make a change. Um, you know, the subtle networking is better when you're getting to that point where you're just starting to think about what your next steps are. Whereas when you're, you're ready to make a change, you're really in go mode, doing those outward efforts and, and connecting with people specifically and going to events can be a lot of effort, but it's something that is getting you closer to the goal. Makes a lot of sense. So there's like a degree of sort of regular, just as, as things unfold on the go networking that can be really informal, you know, something that you do on a regular basis, but that's not necessarily um, requiring a huge ask. Uh, you're not, you're not going in and, and making a huge sales pitch on yourself to somebody else when you're, when you're actually, if you're fine and you're not looking to, to change anything in your career, networking in that case can just be a simple way of, of staying in touch with people and seeing how they're doing. Yeah, exactly. That curiosity. Totally. Okay. So what are some of the ways that people can kind of enhance their networking capabilities if they're, if they're finding like they're just not getting the kind of connections they'd like to get out of their efforts or nothing's really going anywhere? What can people do to improve their networking skills? That is a great question. A lot of it comes from authentic curiosity Mm -hmm. and knowing what you want as well. I think that sometimes you put feelers out and you'll go and have a conversation without really understanding what you want to get out of it. So before you have a conversation with somebody where it's that targeted networking, you really want to make sure that you understand how, how you're hoping to connect with this person. Um, The other part of that that I think goes a long way in terms of long-term relationships is also feeling like you can give back to that person. So if you go and meet with somebody and you're asking them for a connection or you're asking them about some information, also thinking about what can I give to this person or how can Mm -hmm. I help them? Maybe not right Mm -hmm. now, but maybe in the future. And sometimes that at the end of a conversation just looks like saying, where are you at in your career right now? Is there any way that I can help you with that? Yeah, totally. There's a huge mindset thing around that, right? Like the idea of an abundance mindset where it's not like there's only so many opportunities out there to be had in the world. There are countless things that you can do and Oftentimes networking is just about having someone direct you to an opportunity that you wouldn't have been aware of. Um, and if you can reciprocate that, or if you can present that to somebody else and say, Hey, you know, I, I, you've told me a little bit about what you do. I actually know a couple of people who, who work right in that space. Let me put you in touch 
they might actually have, you know, a need for someone like, like you, with what the skills that you bring Mm -hmm. at some point networking, if you have the abundance mindset, if you're not looking at as, if you're not looking at it as a situation where I have to keep cards close to my vest, I can't share what I know with other people. That's probably not going to make you a very effective networker. So if you go out and you realize that there's opportunities to be had for everyone and then some, and maybe there are opportunities that can be created by two people coming together that didn't exist before. Yeah. Really having that be sort of the guiding principle in what you do, I think makes you a lot more likely to share information freely, connect people more effortlessly, and ultimately grow your skills in, as a networker. Mm-hmm. When it comes to applying for a job and you've networked yourself into uh, a situation where, you know, you, you've received the call, you're going to go for an interview. You're going to have some sort of conversation with an employer. How does networking help you in that context? How would you have gotten, how would you have used your network to that point? Yeah, no. uh, So if, if you have been, connected to a job search by someone uh, like a mutual connection and you get to the interview and all of a sudden your, your resume, let's say has a number of, of experiences on it that involves people that are, are known by the employer, the person who's conducting the interview. Can you use your network in that, in that kind of situation to help drive the conversation and build more trust with, with the employer? I think so. I think that usually in the first few minutes, that's when you're starting to build rapport with the person that you're interviewing with. So being able to say, oh, I heard about this company through X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I've really liked this, this, and this that they said about the company. I've heard really great things. Just to kind of build that trust without focusing too much on the person, just understanding what you've heard or how you can bring that into the network um, and into the conversation, I think can be helpful. Yeah, totally. I was in an interview actually earlier this week and uh, we sat down with someone who had a background in, in sports and had been coached by a number of people that, uh, that I knew or I had been in contact with. And so just hearing them be able to relate their experiences to the people that I already knew allowed me to feel like, oh, I'm, I know this person better than than I would otherwise had there not mm-hmm. been that sort of past experience or that mutual connection. So even in right up into the discussion phase of the interview, um, we're still able to draw on, this person was able to draw on their connections to people that I already knew to help my own level of trust um, in his application grow. Great. Let's talk about the difference between the two uh, sort of stages of networking. The networking stage where you, you know, you're not looking to make a change. You're not really seeking any kind of opportunity. So there's some sort of um, kind of lower level activity that's happening for you networking versus what you call like that blatant networking. Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit more about the differences in terms of what that looks like in terms of activities between blatant networking and let's call it, as you said, subtle networking? Yeah, for sure. So I, my very first job at a university, I got through subtle networking. So um, my parents live on a, in a neighborhood where everyone's very social and everyone gets together all the time. And so 
I've, I've known these people for a very long time and my parents were having a pool party and I was talking to one of my parents' neighbors about how I just finished school and I was getting into this next phase of my career. So it turned out that my parents' neighbor's friend, their husband had this company. <laughs> and so just by having that conversation at the pool party, I was able to get my first job because they were specifically looking for somebody who had my skill set and experiences. So they connected me with the person who was hiring. We ended up having a number of interviews going through the process. And then it worked out that I was the right fit for the job. So I think that a lot of times people think that um, it, it's almost like cheating the system, but you're still going through the same process. It's just mm -hmm. that you're connecting totally. in a different way. So that's my experience with that subtle networking and how it can work for you. Uh, in terms of the more blatant networking, as an introvert, there's a lot of uh, stigma around networking. And I remember being younger and thinking, I can't network. I don't want to network. It's, I have to go make small talk with a bunch of people that I don't know. And that sounds horrible. So I did a lot of research myself to figure out how can I still network without needing to go into a room full of people that I don't necessarily know. And some of the ways that that came up for that is around finding things that interest you uh, and going to events that you enjoy. So maybe you're taking a class, maybe you're, uh, if you want to get into marketing, you go and see a book talk from somebody who's written mm -hmm. about digital marketing. Um, you might go to a museum and learn about a new topic that's related to something that you'd like to do. So there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. But the other thing is that as I've continued to progress in my career, I've realized the value of those networking events that were uncomfortable for me mm -hmm. initially, because it's, it's all like-minded people. So when you go into that room, all of the people who are there to network are looking to progress in their career and have a goal and have ambitions and want to continue moving forward and making connections with people. So it should never feel weird if you want to go up and talk to somebody that you don't know, because that's the whole purpose of going to a networking mm -hmm. event. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, a big component that people forget about. Yeah. There's common ground there by default. And that's mm -hmm. like the central ingredient to relationship building 101 is just, can you find some common ground that you can sort of throw your stake into and grow from there and then discover that person through your curiosity. Um, but it sounds like actually going through the process of attending uh, networking events over time has made you more and more at ease with the process of meeting new people in that kind of a context. Definitely. Yeah. And there's another component too. It doesn't always have to be big groups. If you're more comfortable networking in smaller groups, you can mm -hmm. also reach out to people. So let's say it's an old coworker or somebody that you met through a, a mutual friend. So you can reach out to them either through LinkedIn or, or if you've exchanged phone numbers, you can set up a coffee meeting and have more one-on-one -on -one conversations, which is still networking mm -hmm. in that, that smaller sense. Totally. You talked about LinkedIn. Can we just riff on that for a moment? How, how do you use LinkedIn to build your network? So LinkedIn has been a really interesting piece for me throughout my career because mm -hmm. when I was in accounting and finance, I would get a lot of recruiters reaching out to me through LinkedIn. So even just putting a, a face to the world and saying, this is what I'm doing, this is my experience, that 
immediately allows you to start networking. So the, the platform itself is networking. Um, on top of that, it's really, it's a great way to keep on top of people's career changes. Mm -hmm. So people that you've worked with five or 10 years ago, you might not keep in touch with them as regularly, but with LinkedIn, you're able to see, oh, they just got a new job as this. And so if you had a, a relationship with them, you might send them a message and say, congratulations on this progression in your own career. Um, how are things going? And it's, it makes it easier to keep in touch with people that way. Um, yeah, absolutely. How have you used LinkedIn yourself? Yeah, no, I definitely try and um, I'm not perfect with it, but whenever I see something like someone's work anniversary or a promotion or a job change or, you know, maybe someone just gained some sort of certification, all those little messages that pop up in LinkedIn, I do try and capitalize on, on some of them. Um, I think it's a great way of, as you said, staying in touch with people that you might not see in person very often, but it's also a great way to just stay top of mind. So when it comes to network, uh, networking activity, right? Consistency is, is super important in any kind of, of marketing or personal marketing, um, endeavor. So actually remaining at the top of mind for somebody else when they encounter someone and they're in a networking discussion, if they can recall you and what you do, they're more likely to connect you to the person that they have just met. Mm -hmm. And so the more you can stay top of mind in other people, the greater your chances become of them actually connecting people to you. So you have some, some inbound contacts coming mm -hmm. your way. For um, sure. And so it's not always just you going out and maybe writing a LinkedIn um, invitation message or going out to networking events. A lot of the time, if you've, if you've kind of stayed uh, relevant to a lot of people, they will remember you. And if you added, especially if you've added some sort of value to them, there's often a, a degree of reciprocation that comes from that. So you'll start to have some inbound connections coming, coming from that in the future and away from like the, the immediate, uh, Hey, congrats on jumping into a new industry. Hope you do really, really well. That's not something that's going to necessarily pay a dividend right away, mm -hmm. but it might in three months, six months, two years. And so jumping on all of those, those kinds of moments when LinkedIn presents them, um, has been a habit that I've been getting better and better at over that's the last great. several months for sure. What type of networking events have you found useful? Um, one of the things that I really like doing, and I've done it a few times, um, I, I've been fortunate where I've been invited to actually speak at networking events. So they were kind of like uh, networking panels. And so I was part of, I've been part of alumni events through, um, through McGill as a, as a graduate from there. And to be able to go back and talk to students who are still in their programs, um, to be a voice of someone who is five, six, seven years removed and had something that to offer in terms of what the next steps can look like mm -hmm. um, and how, how you can apply what you've learned going forward. Just, just being in those kinds of, of situations has been a lot of fun for me. So it's, a, it's kind of a mix of speaking and networking together. Mm -hmm. You get to present your experiences. You often get to hear other people talk about theirs, other panelists. So right away, there can be a, a networking opportunity to meet other panelists who are maybe in different spaces, but have, again, you have common ground. You went through an experience together. 
um, that can allow you to, to build a relationship more easily. Mm-hmm. But then also just um, you get into, into discussions with, with the people who are attending to see the panel. And so I, I tend to meet a lot of students and, and my business is built around working with students. So it puts me in a good situation to sort of meet people who I might work with one day. And if not, maybe they know someone that I'd be a good fit for in terms of, of future work. So whenever I get an opportunity to speak in, in some sort of networking event, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, I always say yes, unless there's something that has, has taken me away from that date for some reason. So that's probably my favorite. And that can be a little bit high stakes for some people who might not feel that comfortable talking about themselves uh, you know, in front of, in front of 40 or 50 people, mm-hmm. but if you can develop a, a degree of comfort, I mean, it's, it's a tremendous way of meeting a whole bunch of new people. Yeah. Where would you describe yourself on the introvert extrovert scale? Uh, somewhere in the middle. Like I, I'm comfortable in larger social settings, um, to an extent, mm-hmm. right? Like I, there can be times where I get really kind of overwhelmed by you know, huge amounts of, of large group social activity. And on the introvert side, there are times where I really do just want to stay at home and chill and read a book and thrive in like the one-on-one conversational environment as opposed to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm, I'm not hard on one or the other. So I can switch gears. I think if I were to speak, you know, in front of large groups three times a day, 15 times a week, uh, I would probably burn out and not want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's something that I can do occasionally. And so I'm, I'm probably a little more extroverted than you, but I wouldn't say that I'm a full blown extrovert. Nice. Yeah. What tactics or tips have you used in networking events? Like let's say you're speaking at an event. How do you, how do you go up and talk to somebody? If I'm meeting someone one-on-one in a networking event, and this would be different versus if I was speaking, if I'm speaking, I'm going to try and have a very compelling story that will get people to, to remember me in some way. And it, usually it's something very light and funny and something that, that builds curiosity from the audience toward me. But if I'm meeting someone one-on-one in a networking setting, I'm usually, I'm, I'm often pretty direct. I'm going to ask sort of what, what, uh, what do you hope to get out of, out of this event? What, what brought you here today? what do you want to learn? Um, tell me about yourself, really. Like, how can I help you? A lot of the time you just get into questions like that and people will eventually steer the conversation back to you. It's not that I'm doing it with the expectation to get anything out of the other person. I think if you network with huge expectations of your, your counterparty, like, oof, like you're in for a long, <laughs> not so fun time. And just going out and being really, really open uh, in what you're willing to, to share and discuss. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of been how I've been able to, to grow and, and start to enjoy networking more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it starts off usually with a question of some sort that's often pretty direct because you want to respect the person's time as well. There's only, you're only there for so long. And uh, if, if the person that you're meeting isn't really someone that, you know, you can help in some way, mm-hmm go, go find someone that you can help. And so just, you know, be upfront about things. Um, that's, that's kind of been my approach to networking in mm-hmm. an in-person one-on-one setting. Great. Yeah. You made me think of something that, uh, has come up quite a bit in that 
it actually makes us feel good when we help someone. So having the ability to go to a networking event and connect somebody with somebody that, that will help them in their career is actually a feel good activity for Absolutely. us as well. Yeah. Um, but we need to remember that too, when we are going out and talking to other people, sometimes it's easy to help other people, but it can be very difficult to ask for help. Yeah. So remembering that people, most, most people, I'm not saying everybody likes helping everybody, but uh, most of the time you're going to encounter people who will be happy to put you in touch or connect you with somebody and just the same way that, that you feel happy to connect someone with someone else. Yeah. And you can uh, use your curiosity to kind of lead into that very naturally. So if you're, if, if someone has asked about the kind of work that you do, you're asked about the kind of work that you're doing right now and you discuss that openly and say, um, yeah, like what, what's, been your experience in that space what do you like when you hear you know the term career coach what what do you think of um and then it gets them thinking a little bit about well first of all most people haven't thought about that but it gets <laughs> them to sort of think oh well it's something that maybe i've considered or like it's something that's hit me in passing um i have a friend who actually really loves uh, working with coaches, she has raved about it. Um, maybe, maybe I should put you two guys in touch. Yeah. And so again, using your curiosity, sometimes it can reveal just, you know, the, the slightest insight in the other person and the connection comes off of that. Um, but yeah, being, being open to say like, you could be more direct and say, do you, do you know anyone in that particular space or do you know anyone with experience in this kind of work? I'm certainly looking to try and meet those people. And then you can always, if you do um, get a connection from that, great. You might turn around and, and ask them the same question. Like, who, who can I connect you to in the space that you work in? Yeah. So, like, you know, curious, but direct, a bit of both. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you follow up after you've met someone? After meeting somebody, I'll usually send a thank you message. Mm -hmm. I think that just thanking somebody for their time is really important. And I really do appreciate whenever somebody takes the time to meet with me. So just kind of elaborating on what we talked about saying, you know, if there's any way that I can help you in the future as well, please don't hesitate to reach out. And it just leaves it on, on a nice note and also leaving it open to reconnect. So mm -hmm. saying, I, you know, if you would like to meet with that person again, saying, um, would you be open to chatting again in a few months? Or um, if you're, if you know, you're kind of happy with where things are at the moment, just leaving it open and saying, uh, I hope that we connect again in the future, stay in touch. Absolutely. Yeah. Just sort of anchoring the first experience, the first encounter with that person. And I'm not perfect with that. Um, I, I don't always follow up in the way that I'd like to, but that's, that's been a skill that I've definitely started to really hone in on and it, it becomes really second nature after you've done it, mm -hmm. you know, half a dozen times. Um, because yeah, you're, as you network, you're growing a relationship, you know, you're, you're watering your plants once every two to four weeks or whatever it is, depending on, you know, if it's a cactus or some sort of tropical plant, <laughs> some people you can go a really long time with and, um, you can connect rarely with, 
and it still keeps the relationship pretty strong. And other times there might, there might be a need to sort of be um, in more frequent contact with someone, Mm -hmm. but following up is, is the natural next step in the progression of how do you, of building that relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. And it also solidifies the relationship because if you, particularly if you meet at a networking event, a person might've met a number of people over the evening. So to just remind them what you talked about, remember, remind them who you are, then they're more likely to remember your name and your face if you meet them again. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to uh, what we were discussing in our last episode, being remarkable. How how do you leave a lasting impression in someone? Yeah. And just the effort of connecting once again is is a very easy way of doing that. Yeah. You don't have to be some sort of stellar, you know, radio personality or TV star to leave your mark. Just the effort shown in terms of building your connection is often more than enough and it keeps things moving forward. Cool. Have we got anything more? Have we got anything more to add on this topic? The only thing that I would really like to say is that it doesn't have to be a certain way. So networking, you don't have to go to networking events. You don't have to do all these things. You don't have to have a huge network. Your network could be five people Mm -hmm. and it'll still help you. Um, I think that really just understanding that, that there's no right way of doing it. And also just, just putting yourself out there is really important. So however you end up doing that, whether it's in a way that's very comfortable for you or whether it's a way that gets you out of your comfort zone, it's all going to be helping move you forward. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll find your groove. Mm-hmm. You'll find your groove. Cool. Well, we'll wrap it up with that. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. We hope you join us again next week for the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Pekosek. And we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Take care. Just in case you want to reach out to both of us, you can find Lisa and myself on LinkedIn. You'll find me at linkedin.com slash in slash bird Mike, just B-I-R-D-M-I-K-E. And Lisa, where can people find you? It's linkedin.com slash in slash Lisa Petkosek, uh, L-I-S-A-P-E-T-K-O-V-S-E-K. Amazing. We're looking forward to connecting with you guys. Bye.